Welcome, this is the Effective Challenge podcast. My name's Damien and this is where I discuss topics that are relevant to both individuals and teams and the content is aimed at things that you can practically do to improve your performance and as a result of that, the results you're able to achieve. I'm really interested in any comments you got around the content or perhaps topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Uh, Please drop me a line, it's Damien at EffectiveChallenge.com. That's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, at EffectiveChallenge.com. Welcome to this Uh, latest edition of the Effective Challenge podcast. Number 17, uh, two wrongs can make a right. Uh, Before I get into uh, this uh, episode's content, just uh, a thank you to those people who provided feedback on uh, episode 16. Are you too fancy? Some some lovely feedback, so so thanks very much for that. A couple of specific examples of of people that, having listened to the podcast, decided that they would have a little look at a couple of things that were going on for them that weren't working so well. And and the first of those was around uh, the the, the way they they managed their own productivity. They'd realised it had become uh, a bit or overly complicated and wasn't uh, no longer serving them in the way that they wanted to. Uh, so that, that particular individual uh, made, made some adjustments and for now they feel that, that that that's making a difference. I guess ultimately time will tell. And and the second example was somebody who was a bit fed up with the way that their team meeting was, was being run. Uh, they felt that it had become overly complicated and, and burdensome. So they... Uh, had a conversation and stripped out a lot of the things they thought was superfluous and um, yeah they're giving that a go and 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 seeing where that where that takes them like I say time will tell with with this sort of stuff so yeah if uh, if you feel that perhaps you've got some things that have got a bit overly complicated then maybe take a listen to episode 16 uh, are you too fancy which hopefully will will give you some some ideas and and some thoughts around um, what you might be able to do a little bit differently okay so let's move on uh, episode 17 uh, two wrongs can't make a right i guess the genesis of, of this particular cast was uh, off the back of a conversation i was having with an eight-year-old this person or a young lad had, had, had had a bit of a tough time at school. Uh, one of one of their friends had, had done something that wasn't particularly kind and, and they'd retaliated in, in a not particularly nice way themselves and, and, and as a result had, had got into trouble. And we were chatting about this, uh, I guess, it's all part of, of, of growing up. And, and I inadvertently, as it, as it turns out, used the expression, yeah, but, but two wrongs don't make a right. And he, he kind of looked at me and thought for a, a little bit. And it, this is quite profound, I think, for an eight-year-old. Um, so, but, but that's not true. Because when I'm learning something, I try and I maybe make a mistake and then maybe make another mistake. But eventually I get it right. So, so, so in that case, getting things wrong can be right. Um, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. I've never really, really thought about it in, in quite 
that way before. And of course, that expression, two wrongs don't make a right, really isn't aimed at, at kind of learning and, and uh, experimenting with, with things. But it does, it does uh, point towards how language can, can shape us. And, you know, I guess this was an example of an expression that had been passed on to me when I was growing up. And, and here was I passing it on uh, with, with good intent, I hasten to add, uh, to, to, to the next generation. But it did get me thinking, okay, so where else do, does, does the, the, the situation where getting things wrong can actually lead to, to something becoming, becoming right and something that you actually want to see? And uh, I guess one area that that's pretty common and, and something that I hear a lot of organisations talking about uh, and individuals is, is the subject of, of uh, innovation. That, that very often is quietly, quite coupled to to experimentation um and i guess you know it really isn't that surprising given that uh, many organizations and individuals for that matter are facing some quite significant challenges there might be some you know technological challenges that they're facing um bringing on talent uh, attracting talent uh, dealing with changes in the uh, external environment perhaps uh, for a commercial organization you know dealing with some some challenges from a competitor so 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 innovating is is something that that you know i guess more now more than ever we 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 need to pay some attention to and you know in some cases arguably uh, something that you can't live without um i've been involved in various elements of of innovation and and worked with teams and indeed in teams where we've we've looked to to innovate and i've definitely seen um things that appear to be more successful and certainly some things that that can really get in the way uh, of successful innovation. So I thought for today's episode I would cover some of those off, not in any great detail um, because they're, they're probably quite you know, topics of in in their own right, but just as a, a broad skim across uh, a range of topics that if you're looking to do some innovation, uh, you might you might wish to think about. Okay, so I've got seven in total, uh, and the first of those is is really before you even start innovating, clarity of objective. Now this is one that quite often gets skipped over uh, for fear of curtailing or constraining the innovation that that might take place and you know there are situations where you do want completely open-minded free-form innovation but in the majority of situations that's not quite true um, and my experience where there's a lack of clarity of objective ultimately what is it you're, you're trying to achieve um, what tends to happen is that that innovation quite quickly can descend into forms of chaos. Now, sometimes you get some brilliant stuff come out of that chaos, so I'm not knocking that. But in the main, if people really don't know ultimately what they're trying to uh, achieve, they they fall short of, of innovating uh, with any uh, sense of purpose, with any sense of... Um, uh, organization of, of of how you're going to marshal your resources and and your time 
Um, so, so clarity of objective and dependent on the situation uh, is how how grand that clarity of objective might be. It might be that you need clarity of objective for the you know the particular session you're about to head into. It might be you need ultimate clarity of objective around um, the bigger goal, the vision that you're you're working towards and you're aiming for. And you know I've talked about that in in, in other casts, but you know one of the so the, the the first point here is, and you know, I don't, I don't make any excuse for it. You know, in my experience, having some sort of clarity of objective can really enhance your ability to to innovate. So let's move on. Uh, point two: trust and openness in the team. Again, I'm not going to apologise for this. I've talked about it in previous casts. But if you're working in a team environment, if if trust and openness don't exist, then that's gonna that's gonna hinder your ability to 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 be innovative what why is that because people tend to hold back if they really don't trust the people they're working with maybe they've got some wacky idea that they they feel that you won't land so well with people because they don't trust them so they hold it in well it might be that that idea is the thing that that really unlocks uh, what it is you're looking for so that has to take effort to to build that that trust and openness and it's as much about dealing with things when they're not going so well uh, that that helps you invest in in the trust in in relationships so yeah make sure that you're putting that in and i would i would consider um these two first two elements as 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 real foundational uh things to consider before you begin your your innovation in in earnest Okay, let's move on. Number three. So this is about the environment in which you operate in. And I've certainly seen organisations where they deliberately make effort and apportion time for innovation. Um, I've even seen one organisation, you know, they used to they used to call it out. It was called Time Out for Innovation, Toffee. Uh, and they would, they would bring people together and, you know, it was almost... For me, I would describe this as forced innovation, and, and I'm not sure that that kind of works. So, what I would always encourage is that innovation becomes the the kind of way of working. You know, whether you're you're thinking about you know going back to the the thing I talked at the at the top of this cast. You know, thinking about how you're going to innovate your team meeting or your productivity system, or the next product uh, that you're looking to release, or the way you run your project. That's a mindset. That's a kind of how can we. How can we adapt this? How can we adjust this? How can we improve this to help us achieve what, what we want in a more optimal way? So for me, it's, it is a mindset uh, rather than some, some big uh, time-bound event. And, and making sure that you're thinking about that is something that does take a bit of effort, uh, but, but will really pay dividends uh, if, if you can pull it off. Okay, point four, uh, quickly move from theory to practice. So, so I've, I've probably been guilty of this uh, myself in the past where overanalyzing the theory of, of why something is or is not working, getting in the way of just trying some, some, some different stuff, experimenting, time bounding, you know, we're going to give this a go for the next month and see if this way of... Uh, running the team meeting uh, actually improves things as opposed to overanalyzing what's wrong what's right let just just start just start doing some stuff and sit and see where that leads you and gets you 
Um, for me, I've seen some of the more innovative stuff come out of probably two or three steps away from the first attempt at innovation. Um, so the quicker you can move on to the practice, uh, the better. Okay, let's move on. So getting as part of that environment and as part of that uh, approach, having a think about a deliberate process that you, you take yourself through. Now, this needs to be conducted at a super high level, otherwise it will constrain you. And the one that you know I've seen work really well doesn't uh, it's it certainly fits in the category of it's definitely not fancy, but it, it, it works pretty good, uh, pretty well. Um, and that's plan, do, review. So plan what it is you're going to do, experiment, do it, and then see how you're getting on uh, regularly with the results. Review the progress. Now, there's some... That's simple, but not necessarily easy to do. Uh, it certainly creates a need for quite a lot of discipline within the team and, and, and us as, 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 as individuals. It can sometimes really help if you introduce a bit of external challenge into the review session. And as a result of that, chances are you're going to need um, a fair amount of humility if things aren't quite working. And, you know, that again, like like lots of this stuff, is is applicable to multiple settings, not just not just innovation, but humility with the results and the ability to to kind of call out. Actually, let, let's call this this particular experiment, this particular approach. Uh, let, let's call a halt on it and and try something else. Again, the external challenge can really help with that. Slightly contradictory uh, around plan do review is is don't give up too soon. So if if you're if you're not getting the results you achieve, do pursue, do adapt slightly, uh, micro adjustments rather than major adjustments uh, and, and see and see what effect that that can have. So plan, do review it. As I say, it's it's simple in concept, but in my experience and, and observing others, um, it, it, it's not easy to to do in practice. OK, so let's move on. Point six. Um, and this one, as, as you know, as I was talking about uh, at the beginning of this list, the, the first couple being uh, in the foundation elements, um, the next and final two are really about stuff you do before you even get to that point. Uh, and the first of those is who are you, who are you actually recruiting? Thinking about the the makeup of the team, perhaps the, the function, the even in some cases the, the whole organisation. If you really want to be innovative, you want different thinking, you want people from different backgrounds, you want people um, from uh, with different experience levels, you probably want some different personality types to be to be in the mix. And you know, I was fortunate enough um, a while back as part of uh, National Inclusion Week to to host uh, a session with uh, a bunch of people. It was actually a, a podcast, an internal podcast for a particular organisation, and it, it really brought it out to me. In that we had really different people from different backgrounds they was all being asked the same question but the answers that they were coming up with um were were were, were really different they were poles apart and it just it illustrated the value of of kind of really honestly asking ourselves you know 
Um, do we know everything? Well, perhaps somebody else from a different background might have a different take on this that could be beneficial. Um, so yeah, think about who you're recruiting and what what they bring. Uh, and you know, I guess celebrating and championing the the fact that inclusion brings huge benefit uh, if if you're open-minded and you again you have that humility to to take on board uh differing points of view okay uh the seventh and final point is is around reward systems and these can be your, your kind of big formal reward systems like pay but also the, the the kind of smaller reward systems and and motivation systems um very often these can be at odds with true innovation uh, because they very often are aligned to things ultimately um, being a success. There's a fine line here and this will probably make some people feel pretty uncomfortable um, because success is what we're looking for uh, uh, in, in the majority of circumstances. I guess there's not too many things we set out without wanting to be successful. However, so much of that is outside your control. And uh, for me, if if you can get your reward systems aligned with the fact that uh, to, to the process of what you're looking to achieve, then then maybe you get some some different results and some different thinking. And I guess a really obvious one, uh, just to check in on that, are you rewarding the individual or are you rewarding the team effort? Uh, and, you know, very often uh, we reward the individual and yet expect um, results for the team. So that's a, a good test that, that can, if it's, if it's not working, can really stifle uh, innovation and innovative thinking. So they're my quick <clears throat> seven uh, observations around creating uh, an environment where innovation's going to fr- thrive. Um, by way of recap, the first of those was around clarity of objective. The second was building trust and openness uh, within the team. The third was was making innovation uh, a way of working, not uh, a dedicated event. Fourth was was all about um, moving from theory to practice and doing that quickly. Fifth was having you know quite a bit of humility and discipline around the quite simple but not easy to deliver plan do review approach. Six was about you know really thinking about the makeup of the team uh, organization uh, and thinking about that at the point of recruitment and looking for for differing views and experience and the final one was just thinking about reward systems and how much they are set up to encourage versus hinder your uh, desire to become more innovative Okay, that's it for episode 17. Uh, As always, really interested in any feedback you might have. Uh, Please drop me a line to damien at effectivechallenge.com. That's damien, D-A-M-I-A-N at effectivechallenge.com. And if there's uh, work that you are currently 
challenged by and are looking for some external support with that, be that through coaching or wider facilitation, then again, just use that same email address. Uh, it's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N at EffectiveChallenge.com. It would be really great to have a conversation about how we might be able to work together. Until the next time, uh, I hope you are innovative. I hope you achieve what you're looking to achieve. And most importantly, stay well. Bye for now.